Oh, okay. Super I'm in Mario. Atlanta, so I yeah. can't see you guys. That's you sound muffled, dope. though, Envy. I didn't know if it was my can headphones. You see? Yes, I can see. I'm looking at you. Oh, okay. Let me take this off. Yeah, you're going to have to take that off. off. You can't yeah, do the yeah, whole show like this. Off, you look the same. I still got the same amount of hair. No, okay. Mario! Hey, Easy. Oh, hey, DJ Envy. Mario! Hey, guys. Happy Halloween. What are you, Dramos? Yourself? He's definitely himself. You said you what? Put your lips on the microphone. You have an afro on? Since when do I have an afro in real life? How am I myself? You always wear a hat. We don't know what you got on under that hat. This sounds like cultural appropriation. There you go. Well, happy Halloween, everybody. (laughs) Yes, Halloween. Halloween is fun, man. I don't know about the day in New York City. It's rainy. It's nasty. You know? Yeah. Who's joining us today? Because usually we have paperwork here. And I only have Beto O'Rourke is here this morning. Beto. Beto Beto O'Rourke, 2020 presidential candidate. Uh, He finally decided to pull up on the Breakfast Club, even though his numbers are in the toilet. Yeah. But uh, he'll be here this morning. A little too late. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) He's still in the race. Okay. All right. For now. So we'll chop up. He hasn't qualified for the next debate, though. Now, you you was out in uh, Atlanta, right? Yes. I'm in Atlanta right now. I'm on my lift service tour. So yesterday we had the tour here at the Buckhead Theater. It was pretty amazing. Johnny Blaze started it. And then Tokyo Jets came out. You know, she had a baby like a month and a half ago. So it it was nice to see her. She was pretty funny. She got a chance to express herself. She actually did our lip service live in New York with T.I. And it was uh, uh, Trey the Truth was there. Who else? It was all of them, right, from Hustle Gang. She didn't get a chance to talk so much with all the guys there. So this time she had a chance to really say a lot of funny things. And then Trouble hit the stage and wife and Lucci and it was mayhem. <laughs> okay. But yeah, it's fun. We're having really great conversations. Hey, salute to Ose and Armani too. They, they, they've they been up here two days in a row. They got, they got, they just got to learn. I know they're listening right now. Let me, let me explain something. Charlemagne and I, no front, no lie. We come at, we're, we're, we're supposed to be here at 6 a.m. <laughs> so so, so at, if you see us at 5.57, 5.58. We can't really talk. Like we, I'm not, I can't build with you I can't, right I now. I can't talk. Like, I, I understand that you're, you're you're excited and you got ambition and, you know, you want to be heard. But we got jobs to do, too. Yeah, I'm, you know I'm, I'm I mean? sorry. I, you know, I was I, he wanted to talk, but I'm like, bro, if the, I talk to you, I'm going to be late. This morning, they had a young lady with her, and she was like, Charlemagne. If you don't like the song, can you smash the pie in their face? I'm like, what? <laughs> he said that to me, too. He's like, can you just smash it in their face? I'm like, no. I'm like, I got to go. I'm maybe, like, if, maybe if y'all sign a waiver or something <laughs> that says if I smash you in the face with the pie too hard and you get hurt, I'm not liable for it. Don't tell them that because then they'll come no, along with a waiver. It's the truth, though. 
No. I don't trust enough people nowadays like that. You smash yeah. them in the face with a pie and you hurt them, and the next thing you know, you, they suing you. Well, I was a DJ MV. I was Mario this morning, so I couldn't uh, talk to them anymore. Did they know it was you? I, I didn't have the helmet on, man. I'd have fell in the street. Oh, God. God. <laughs> right, but let's get the show cracking. Front page news, what we talking about? Man, well, look, since we're talking about numbers, let's talk about Kamala Harris and her campaign. She had to do some restructuring. We'll tell you what's going on. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Radio. Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlamagne Tha Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get some front page news. Now, congratulations to the Nationals. They beat the Houston Astros. They won the World Series last night. Congratulations oh, wow. to them. Okay, salute to Washington, even though we're not syndicated anywhere in Washington. Mm-mm. But salute and, to y'all. And the NFL tonight, the uh, 49ers take on the Cardinals. Now, what are we talking about, Yee? Oh, well, let's talk about Kamala Harris. She has cut her staff, and she's restructuring her presidential campaign by actually... Uh, <clears throat> she's running low on cash, so she's lacking those resources to have a great competitive bid against her rivals. They have a lot more money than she does, so there will be some layoffs and some transfers that will affect her headquarters and her operations in New Hampshire, Nevada, and her home state of California. I, I still like Senator Harris. Um, I think she is more than qualified for the position. It's a shame that y'all have let her prose- prosecutor pass hinder hinder y'all from really taking her serious. Right. Know? Especially since... Joe Biden is leading amongst black people when the reality is nobody on that side has gotten more black and brown people locked up than Joe Biden. That's just the truth to the matter. Between the 88 crack laws and the 94 crime bill, nobody has gotten more black and brown people locked up than Joe Joe Biden. All right. And former President Barack Obama was at an Obama Foundation event uh, yesterday, and he was talking about social media. And here's what he said about the cancel culture. This idea of purity and you're never compromised and you're always politically woke and all that stuff. You should get over that quickly. People who do really good stuff have flaws. Like if I tweet or hashtag about how you didn't do something right or used the word wrong verb, then I can sit back and feel pretty good about myself. Because, man, you see how woke I was? I called you out. <laughs> that's not activism. That, that's not bringing about change. Jesus Christ, have, long, have we been not saying that for years? Oh, God damn. Yeah, mm-hmm. people think they can go on social media, do a hashtag, and they're an activist. And not That's only not... that, but it's just that a lot of these woke people, they need some goddamn sleep because they're so tired. Like, nobody is perfect. People right. have flaws. People have made mistakes, past, present, and future. That's why I don't trust anybody who tries to portray this, this picture of perfection all, of t- all the time. They are lying to you mm-hmm. and deceiving you. All right, now, yesterday we told you about this convicted rapist who was released from prison by accident. Well, he has been captured, and he was captured more than 600 miles away from where he actually was released by accident. Oh, he got far. His name is Tony Macon Munez Mendez. He was captured in Fort Thomas, Kentucky, after being released at the, from the Georgia Department of Corrections. How did he get caught? Was so, he recognized, or did he make a phone call? Well, yeah, it just says that they, you know, they had everybody looking for him. So he was captured by the uh, GDC Fugitive Unit, U.S. Marshals Fugitive Task Force, and ICE. Okay. So they all came together and managed to get him. And, you know, today is Halloween, and I just want to do another update. Remember I was telling you guys about that haunted house where you have to do a whole entire, uh, you know, just sign a waiver. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, they are now trying to shut that haunted house down because they're saying it's a sadistic torture chamber. You have to agree to get your tooth pulled, finger broken, yeah, who, head shaved, who would do tattoos. And you get nothing Some, out of it? Like you don't win anything if you finish? Uh, yeah, you get money. How much? The you know? owner, 
the owners giving away money. I think it was like $25,000 or something like that. Mm. I wonder if that's so, illegal, but, though, because it don't sound illegal because, like, you're giving, you're giving people a choice. I think it's. I think when you yeah, take away and you some, have to sign a waiver. That's so. what I'm saying. I think when you take away somebody's power of choice, then that's when when it makes when it becomes criminal. But if you're giving them a choice and they're signing a waiver, like how's it torture? Yeah, but it's not criminal. But they're just trying to shut it down. They're saying it's sadistic, and so that's all. They're saving people from themselves because they know people are stupid as hell Absolutely. in 2019, and they will sign up and do that dumb. Yeah, pretty much. All right. All well, right. that's front page news. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up right now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. This is your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. So you better have the same energy. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Yo, what's going on? It's your boy, Gucci Lou, man. What's up, bro? Get it off your chest. Hey, yo, I'm happy it's raining today. I don't got to go to work. I'm an iron worker. So what, y'all don't have to work when it rains? Nah, when it rains, when it snow, when it's windy, we don't work. Oh, wow, okay. okay. Do you still get paid? Yeah, we still get paid eight hours. Oh, that's dope. Oh, I'm not mad at that. Okay. <laughs> All right. ready, man. Well, enjoy your day Shout off. My- Hello, who's this? Yes, good morning. This is Cassandra, and I want Charlemagne and I want Trav to please set what I call up when it comes to the Cowboys because they're jinxing us. Just please wait till we get to the end. Charlemagne comes on. Oh, we going to the Super Bowl. Trav come right behind us. Charlemagne, guess what? We going to the Super Bowl. Please, Listen, please, you sound like a Cowboys fan. Don't y'all know about you know, speaking things? I'm a true Cowboys fan since Roger Starr back then. Don't y'all know about speaking things into existence? I do, Charlamagne, but it's just wait, because you know you get too ahead. Just wait, because every time you do that, then something happens. Just wait. Wait till we get, like, almost to the end, like like December. Then start talking, but please, the Trav come right behind you, and he does the same thing. And then you know what happens? Then we lose, and then who is, who's laughing at us? Envy. <laughs> That's right, and I'll be laughing that loud. Laugh, that laugh right there, and it aggravates oh, you when he does it. <laughs> No, it aggravates me. Too envy when you go, ow. 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 Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, who's this? Angel. Angel, what's up? Get it off your chest. Hey, man, I just want to say, uh, Envy, uh, hey, man, uh, you're always on point with your costumes, man. I got to give it up to you, man. Every time you just go all out for uh, Halloween. Uh, what's Halloween supposed to be? Uh, clearly, y'all have never seen the highest-grossing movie of all time, uh, Avengers Endgame. Remember in Avengers Endgame when they all had to go back in time to get the Infinity Stones and they all had on quantum suits? Yeah, that's what I'm yeah, wearing. Okay. I don't know. Dude. I thought the big A. I thought the big A would give it away. You know? No, I haven't seen it. I, I don't have Instagram or anything like that. So you've I'm never seen Endgame. No, I'm talking about your picture, what you're wearing. Oh, right got you, got you, got you. Yes. Yeah, yeah. What, what's Angela Yee? Angela, Angela Yee, uh, uh, poetic oh, I'm in I'm in Atlanta. <laughs> he said poetic justice. Oh. <laughs> How'd you know what my costume is? Well, uh, well, because you said you got your hair pretty yesterday, so I thought maybe that'd be a good costume for you. Yeah, okay. I guess that was the easy one, but yes. Right. Well, thank you, brother. Is, is that what you want? All right, thank yep, you. Yeah, you're right. She ain't dressing up as nothing right now, man. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Envy, post a picture. I will in a little bit. The Breakfast Club. Wake up, wake up. Wake your ass. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed, we want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? 
Hey, this is Ali from Atlanta. Ali, what's up? Get it off your chest. Hey, DJ, I just want to apologize to you, man. I had called in about two months ago, and I asked you why you play the same music every morning, and you stated you don't play the music. That's he lied you to you. Correct. No, that's no, not true. That's love, boo. Keep investing in your mental wealth. Yes, yes, yes. And I know I'm always rambling, not letting y'all talk, but I'm about to be trying on this joint. I'm about to get this going where y'all allow me to just call and call and call in and just talk my... I'm not even going to curse because I don't want to be banned, but I'm about to be the tribe, the female tribe, um, real soon. Y'all going to hear me more often. I really listen to y'all every day. I love y'all. Y'all get me through in the morning. Getting up four in the morning, driving two hours to work. Um, I appreciate y'all, OG. I know my coworkers are listening to this. They're going to be asking if that was me on the radio. Um, but <laughs> well, thank you for calling in. Um, right to you too. Y'all enjoy your Halloween. Um, and enjoy the rest of y'all week. All right, you two now. Later. All right, get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, you can hit us up. Now, you we got rumors on the way? Yes, if for some reason, ow. I can't believe that this couple is getting divorced. We'll tell you who is not going to be together anymore. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. I should have wore a cup. I didn't wear the cup. I should have worn a cup with this spandex. Nobody cares about your little poke. Morning, everybody. Happy Halloween. You noticed, though. I am Mario this morning. Charlemagne is the man with the little poke. No, I am, uh, I'm, you know, if you ever seen Avengers Endgame when they had the quantum suit on, 
Drum, stop shaking your head. It's the highest grossing movie of all time. You're just a dumb little douche, Drum. Yep. Listen, oh, yeah. but uh, Avengers Endgame had to, you know, in the Endgame, when they went back in time to get the Infinity Stones, everybody wore quantum suits. Mm -hmm. So that's what I have on right now. I have a, a quantum suit on because we are in the Endgame now. Where's your mask? There is no mask. Y'all never seen Endgame? No. Yeah, but it's the highest grossing movie of all time, so a lot of people did, so they know what I'm talking about. Yes. <laughs> I mean, Drum, that's your generation. Your generation, you know, thinks just because they don't know about it, nobody does, even though it's the highest grossing movie of all time. Okay. Even though you're dressed like your dad. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk Niecy Nash. This is The Rumor Report with Angela Yee. Rumor has it. On Breakfast Club. So listen up. Nah, 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 nah. Man, so after eight years of marriage, Niecy Nash and her husband, Jay Tucker, are parting ways. She said they're better friends than partners in marriage. And they both posted, we believe in the beauty of truth, always have. Our truth is that in this season of our lives, we are better friends than partners in marriage. Our union was such a gorgeous ride. And as we go our separate ways now, we feel fortunate for the love we share, present tense. Thank you all out there for your support of us as a couple over the last eight years. We are grateful. That's very important because uh, I, I would think that, you know, your, your, your partner in marriage should be your best friend. Correct. If it's not like that, that could cause some problems. Well, Nisi Nash was on The Breakfast Club previously and happily married at the time. Here's what she had said. I got married when I was really young. Right. Mm -hmm. And you know, the yeah. same thing you want at 20, it don't shake out sometimes the same way mm -hmm. once you're 30 and right. 40. You know what I mean? You're like, I was a child. Mm -hmm. I'm grown now. What's some other thing? You live a little bit. Well, no, I didn't. I wanted to just be married again right away just to a different guy. Really? I love being married. So that means you'll right, be getting so married again soon. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. All right, well, you got to do what you got to do. If it's not working, it's not working. Yo, this Mario right. suit is hot as hell. I was going to tell you about it. Yeah, I'm way. not going to lie. This spandex, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm sitting there thinking to myself, like, damn, what time do we get out here today? Jeesh. Okay. It's freezing in here in Atlanta. Um, now, Dreezy and Jacquees, it looks like they're going through some things. He had posted on Twitter, you can't make me feel bad for decisions you made. And then she said, when I air your ish out on this app, don't say ish. I don't know what happened, mm -mm -mm. but they had been a cute couple for a while. I ran into them together in L.A. They had the dog with them and everything, so I don't know if they're just going through something, but maybe they'll work it out. Right. Who knows? All right, now, Insecure star Issa Rae. She's teaming up with HBO Max, and she's doing a comedy series based on the Miami hip-hop scene. It's called Rap-ish. And the series was announced as part of a new uh, female-produced comedies for the, the subscription-based service. So they're doing other things as well. But uh, shout out to Issa Rae. She has the Black Lady Sketch Show. Have you guys watched that? I have seen I the Black seen Lady it. Sketch Show. Okay, what'd you think? Um, It was cool. I mean, I, I didn't watch every episode, but I caught a few episodes. Yeah, so she's got a lot of things happening. So shout out to Issa Rae and uh, everything she has going that, on. Now. I hope she keeps it authentic with that uh, Miami, Florida show. And she has actual people from, you know, Miami who can help guide her through that situation. I'm sure. I would, I would pray so. I would hope so, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, now, Conor McGregor, he was asked if he could fight anybody. It doesn't have to be another fighter. It could be a celebrity. Who would he want to fight? And this was his response. I'd have to probably say 50 Cent. I'd like to fight him. Throughout the course of the Mayweather build-up, I used him as a tool. I knew he was linked to Floyd, so I tied him into a situation, and he, got, and he responded big time, and, and we capitalized on that audience, so I was very happy with that and thankful. But then, after, after that, he began a little tirade against me on social media, where he'd make these memes about me constantly. And I wrote, old man on the internet making memes, and then he blocked me. <laughs> All right. Would you want to see that fight? 
No, I'm jumping. That's Connor. not fair. We yeah, jumping. Yeah, Connor, you, yeah, you, you got to jump him. If I see if I see Connor with fifty, I'm. Jump, I seen how Connor and his crew get down. Yeah, you got to jump him. We jumping. We jumping, Connor. Absolutely. Well, that was an honest answer. I guess he was just so mad when that all happened. He wanted to fight him if he could. Yeah. We'll all right. Him. I'm I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report. No, we do that fight jumping. at the ball. No, I'm not lying. I'm not. In, I'm not even jumping, Connor. Why not? I'm telling the white man in the shoot, the suit, the shoot. <laughs> <laughs> them dudes can yeah, listen. Them MMA, UFC guys different. Bro. You got to shoot them in the leg. Oh, you got, you got to. No, uh, all you right. Got to. White man in the suit, shoot him. All right. Now we got front page news. Next, what are we talking about? Yes, we'll talk about Facebook and Instagram. Your account can be flagged or removed if you post certain things like certain emojis. All right, we'll get really? into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Yo, I'm is, Mario. Happy Halloween. Is there such thing as a good Halloween costume that's comfortable? No, because I'm hot right now. It's like all the good costumes are not comfortable. Like, I got on this Guanam suit from Avengers Endgame, and I can't even type. Every time I want to type something, I got to take my hands out. I can't even really sit. Like, I got to sit like this. Damn. Right. How do you whores do it? All right. Let me take this mask off because this is uncomfortable. Hold on. It also doesn't sound good, Envy. Come on. Oh, uh, uh, well, I don't know. Well, let's get into some front page news. Last night, Washington beat the Houston. Sorry, Houston, you beat my Yankees, so that's what happens. That sucks when you're, the team that beats your team goes to, like, the championship game and loses. At least you want them to win, right? At least you can say you got beat by the eventual, eventual champs. Well, I love Houston. I wanted Houston to win, man. I, I, I always have a great time anytime I'm in Houston, and we're syndicated in Houston. We are syndicated in Houston. 93-7 to beat. That's right. Tonight in uh, Thursday Night Football, the 49ers take on the Cardinals. Yeah, All what right, we got? You know, Steph Curry broke his left hand. Congratulations. During his game against the Phoenix Suns, so we don't know how long he's going to be out. I'm going to but... be honest with you. Steph needed to sit out this season. Yeah, there was no reason for him to play this season. Yeah. They were going to lose anyway. Yeah. They didn't have uh, nobody. What's the name? Well, was no, out? no. They got Clay a lot. They got, they got D'Angelo Clay Russell. Thompson. And they got Draymond Green, but Clay is supposed to be out for the season. Like, I don't know. God know what he's doing. Sit Steph down for a little while. Wow. All right. And in Chicago, uh, you know, the teachers were on strike and they scheduled a meeting of members Wednesday that could lead to the suspension of a strike. Cl uh, classes have been canceled for 10 days, but now they also want to make sure that they get makeup days before they end the strike. They want to bring a potential agreement and demand uh, that the city schools That's also. So crazy. Did you put your mask back on? No. <laughs> mask on. No. <laughs> mask on. Mask off. Hello. All right. I'll take it. Go ahead. Take it. Come on, Envy. I can't see you, but I'm it a, sounds crazy. I'm a character. Go ahead. Mario. <laughs> All right. Now, Barack Obama was speaking at one of his own events. It was for his Obama Foundation. And he was talking about the toxic cancel culture that we have and not allowing room for people to make mistakes because we're all not perfect. Here's what he said. This idea of purity and you're never compromised and you're always politically woke and all that stuff. You should get over that quickly. People who do really good stuff have flaws. Like if I tweet or hashtag about how you didn't do something right or used the word wrong verb, then I can sit back and feel pretty good about myself. Because man, you see how woke I was? I called you out. <laughs> that's not activism. That, that's not bringing about change. Yeah, not only is it not activism, I always say you woke folks need some sleep because y'all so tired. But I come from the era where we used to applaud growth. We used to applaud evolution. You know what I'm saying? If you made mistakes in your past, if you was a certain way in your past, when you made that transformation and you evolved and everybody saw it 
we would applaud it. Right. Now, it's like... You're finished. Yeah, you, 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 don't, you don't even care. Like, oh, you did that back in the day? Okay, let's destroy you now. Right. That makes zero sense to me. All right, now, Facebook and Instagram, your account can now be removed if you use any sexually suggestive emojis. So no now, more eggplants sexu- or peaches or anything like that? First of all, why can't an eggplant just be an eggplant? Like, you want some eggplant parmesan? That doesn't mean you want some penis parmesan. Well, as a person they- with a regular-sized penis, I'm offended by the eggplant emoji, so they can get that. They can get rid of that. All right, the peach emoji as well. If you post those with sexual statements, they said now that is considered sexual solicitation. It can be grounds for your account to be flagged or removed. And it doesn't say particularly which emojis it'll be, but the policy says that commonly used sexual emojis or emoji strings will be monitored. So you mean to tell me those those fruit and vegetable emojis got to suffer because people's minds are in the gutter? Yes. I might really want an eggplant. I might want some eggplant parmesan. I really might want some peach cobbler. So if I send those symbols, that don't mean I'm talking about anything else. Get your mind out the gutter, people. I'm sure you want an eggplant with that eye with them spandex on today, bro. Don't talk to me like that. You got one <laughs> hand covering your eye and you talking to me, whispering, <laughs> leaning your head into me. Don't do that. So if somebody says, hey, I would like to eat a peach, what is that? That like, means they want to just... eat a peach. Right. <laughs> so how are they going to decide and determine that? Because like... people's minds are in the gutter, so they think the worth of everything. That's right. They also said that nude photos where the suggestive areas are covered with emojis are now banned as well and other sexually related content. What so. about actual nude pictures and pornographic stuff that people be posting on Facebook? You can't have that on Instagram. See, that's bull crap because Kim Kardashian posted naked pictures before where you seen her nipples. I flagged it 32,000 times because I didn't think it was right that she can do it and nobody else could do it and her pictures are still up you there. You so rat. they would take yours down? <laughs> I don't have no. I don't, rat, I don't have none on my Instagram. You a whole. What's well, not right? She can post pictures of her nipples and it's cool. And anybody else do it? They take it down immediately. Well, Kanye, thanks you for your service. You rat. All right. Also, so? if you you know how people have the OnlyFans or Just for Fans pages where you can go and it's kind of like you can sex chat with them and yes. see them and sex chat. Well, if you put those in your post or on your bio, they'll also get that removed too. Mm. FYI. What is sex chat? You know, you never seen like people have OnlyFans accounts where you can go and take it onto there and they get paid nah, I don't from know their from their fans and I a lot of times. I fan pages, but not sex fan pages. What the hell is that? All right, guys, you guys should listen to lip service sometimes. Mm. <laughs> but you can make money. You get to interact with your fans. It's like you're on the live stream interacting with people, and it's very sexual at times for people. No, oh. okay. All right, well, that is your front page news. I feel so stupid in all this spandex, man. Why do you feel so stupid in spandex? I'm a little too thick for spandex. I don't know how you strippers do it. I'm going to be honest with you. Are you and I? I didn't feel down? I didn't feel this thick when I wore the Black Panther spandex a couple years ago. But in this quantum, this end games, I feel I look thick. How, how you, how you, Steve, I look thick. I look thick, right? How your knees? If you post a picture, it's going to get flagged. How your knees? You got Megan Thee Stallion knees, bro? Let me see. Oh, boy. Give me, give me a beat. Uh-oh. Give him a beat. Give him something. Come on. Give me, come on, give him something. Oh, there you go. Oh, there you go. Oh, he got the Megan Thee Stallion hey. knees, boo. Hey. Oh, it's a hot boy summer. Okay. 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 All right. Hot boy summer. still got it. All right. I can drop it in the spandex. Okay. I don't know where we just went, but I don't know where we come with. We don't know what's going on I feel good now. You made me feel good just now. There you go. Okay. All right. When we come back, Beto O'Rourke will be joining us. He's a presidential candidate for 2020. Barely. 
And I will talk to him when we come back, all right? Don't move. Charlemagne's little poke is doing his tag. Ah, where you at, Trav? Oh, you look stupid. It's the, I know. I'm holding my head. <laughs> it's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. Yes, indeed. 2020 presidential candidate Beto O'Rourke. Welcome, sir. Good morning. Thanks Good for morning, having me, Beto. Good I'm waiting morning. to talk to you, man. What do you think? Uh, first of all, what do you think happened? You know, when you were running for Senate, you, like you know, you had a real spark going, like you was hot. But now running for president, it's not. It's not the same momentum. What do you think happened? It's a different race mm-hmm. uh, in the Senate. It's. Uh, Beto O'Rourke versus Ted Cruz, uh, about the clearest choice that you could possibly have. And it was also the most unlikely campaign ever. Texas last elected a Democrat statewide in 1994. So Mm -hmm. against the odds, going to be completely impossible. And yet this campaign, this guy is going to every one of the 254 counties. And it just built over time. This race is a little bit different and a little more challenging. Instead of one other candidate, there are 20 other candidates, and they're amazing. Uh, Every single one of them bringing skills or expertise or life experience that's incredibly compelling. The country's also a lot bigger than Texas, so a lot more time um, to visit everyone, be there, answer questions, connect, and reflect that back in the campaign that we're running. But, But any race I've ever been a part of, always been low in the polls uh, for a while, always been running uh, against the odds or against the conventional political wisdom, uh, have always been able to break through and break out. Nothing easy about that and and nothing that I can take for granted. But I want to make this clear, extraordinarily lucky um, that I get to be in this and be on the stage with some extraordinary candidates, any one of whom would be light years better than the current occupant of the White House. Absolutely. Man, but that, bar, that bar is so low, though. That is a very I don't like what people say. That pretty bar is so low. <laughs> I think my son could do a good job. <laughs> what did you think of, of Trump's briefing of, of killing of the ISIS leader? We, we discussed it briefly here, and I was like, sounded like a little harsh. Like, that sounded like somebody might want revenge. It was just nasty. What were, what were your thoughts? It's hard to not compare that with the way that President Obama responded after we had killed bin Laden. Um, there's something about um, displaying your strength with uh, reserve. We're the strongest, the most powerful country on the face of the planet that the world has has ever known. You don't need to beat your chest about it. You don't need to talk about your enemies whimpering or crying or dying like a that's dog. what I said. That's that's to me some some third rate uh, tin pot dictator. Uh, it's it's not the United States of of America. You're saying he shouldn't spike the football? What do you think? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He spiked the football and did a dance. Yeah, yeah. And and maybe also um, start out by thanking those who, who made it who possible. Who were involved. <laughs> right, right. Um, there. When I think about President Obama, I think of grace or graciousness or this this quiet strength. And, and to me, that's America at its best. Um, the chest thumping, um, the, the ego-driven politics. Donald Trump, for me, that's America. Mm-hmm. Uh, at its worst. So there was something in his reaction mm-hmm. um, that showed us who he is and, and really reflected on all of us, I think, poorly. Um, that's that's not the message we want to send to the rest of the world. And to be clear, it's not a mission accomplished moment. Though we got al-Baghdadi, uh, ISIS is still uh, alive and well. That threat 
is is still there. It's not over. It's He's not probably, over. And this is probably a distraction, too, from other things that he has going on with the impeachment and everything. I'm sure he's like, okay, let's shift our attention here, and that might get him some support if he's overdoing it. I'm, I'm sure that there, there's nothing that Donald Trump does that doesn't have some personal calculation. I'll your motives. That's right. <laughs> let's talk about you, though, because talking about Trump not going to get you up in these polls, right? So when you look at your polling, why do you think you haven't broken through like some of the other candidates? I think for some of the reasons that, that we discussed at the outset, just the extraordinary field, the number of people uh, who are running, the fact that, that my kind of campaigning does not rely on TV ads. We have not aired one of them yet. Um, it's, it's not going to be sound, bite, sound bites or, or bumper stickers. This, this grassroots effort really requires time and requires me being on the ground. And that's why I'm traveling, I think, to a greater degree than any other candidate, holding more town halls, answering more questions. At some point, to answer your question, Charlemagne, that's that's got to be reflected in breakthrough in the polls. How often do you uh, f- at the polls? Like, you see the poll, you see your low point, and you're like, f- um, that comes up a lot right now. Um, <laughs> and, and I'll tell you why. As as you know, the the threshold to qualify for that debate stage depends on on performance and polling. Some say it's rigged. I'm it, saying it's rigged by the DNC. It's more of a popularity contest than anything. It, it certainly makes it harder for someone who, unlike Tom Steyer, cannot fund his way onto TV and then onto high polling, mm-hmm. or who is unwilling to spend in early states just to get your name and face out on TV to, to raise ID, to ensure that those who answer the polls uh, respond with your name. It's really not based as as a hope we'd want it to be mm-hmm. on a competition of ideas or vision or How track record or experience. How could you do that? You think would you do it differently to see who could qualify for those debates? Yeah, um, I, I, that's a really good question. Um, I, I think this this problem of having fifteen to twenty candidates is a really good problem mm-hmm. for our democracy to have. Really? You, you want that, yeah, you want that kind of competition. If, if we are purported to be the world's greatest democracy, let's prove it. And it doesn't mean that you need to have all candidates on the same stage on the same night. Um, I think, and I could be wrong, uh, our attention span can handle two nights of debates with maybe eight candidates on a stage at each time instead of answering in 45 seconds about some of the most complex policy issues. What if you had two minutes uh, to lay out a vision on health care or immigration or criminal justice reform or climate change. That might be a way to improve the process mm-hmm. to make sure that as you're watching at home, you get a little bit better idea of, of who we are, how we would propose to lead this country. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then what the difference is between these different candidates in this unprecedented field that we see. Uh, but yeah, this this polling stuff is hard. No, no two ways about it. Can Are we you? clarify some things about gun control with you? Because I see that's been an issue that you've been speaking on quite frequently and your ideas have evolved. So can we discuss that? Yeah, you try to take American to. guns away. That's what she's asking. That's what, that's what we heard. You're trying to take the Americans' guns. <laughs> I'd say weapons of war as distinct from a shotgun, a hunting rifle, a handgun. Yes, to answer your question very directly and honestly, yes. Uh, I don't want you to have an AR-15 or an AK-47. And yes, I acknowledge that that many, most who own those weapons, own them responsibly. For They're hunting. not going to go out and... Well, it's 
I, I'm, I'm not much of a hunter. Um, listening to hunters, it, it's hard to hunt with an AR-15 or an AK-47. Th- you're those, ruining the meat. You're ruining the meat. Uh, there, there's nothing left <laughs> shoot, at, at the end. Of that. <laughs> well, Bambi. Uh, so who would need that? It, it, it's designed for war, engineered and sold to the militaries of the world because they're just amazing, uh, incredibly effective, devastating at killing people efficiently and in great numbers. Um, Dayton, Ohio, AR-15. Nine people killed in under 40 seconds. El Paso, Texas, August 3rd, the day before Dayton. 22 killed in under three minutes with an AK-47. When, when they conceived and ratified and adopted the Second Amendment, the right to bear arms, it took you three minutes to reload your musket. I don't know that they could envision the damage that one of these weapons of war could do. So, so keep that stuff on the battlefield where it belongs. Ensure that we have background checks for handguns or long guns or hunting rifles. Um, employ extreme risk protection orders. So if someone has a firearm and poses a risk to themselves or a risk to someone else, ensure that through due process, we take that firearm from them before they can hurt themselves or someone else. So, and then, so, Sorry, go ahead. So where should our focus be? Should it be keeping guns out of the wrong hands or keeping certain guns out of everybody's hands? Because, I mean, some people who have assault weapons who don't commit those kind of crimes. That's absolutely right. I, I think it has to be both. I don't think they are mutually exclusive. I think there's something unique about these weapons of war in, in the terror that they have produced. That guy who killed those people in El Paso, Texas, was inspired by this president. He said he was going to repel an invasion of immigrants and asylum seekers. When the police caught him afterwards, he said, I came to kill Mexicans. It, it was well-armed racism turned against people who were absolutely defenseless. So mm-hmm. those weapons of war are unique in that every one of them is a potential instrument of terror. All right, we got more with Beto O'Rourke. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Ooh, yeah, morning, yeah, everybody. Yeah. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Beto O'Rourke. Yee. What are some things that we can do with police brutality? And what are your thoughts about a Tatiana Jefferson? What should happen to the police officer who killed her? He should be brought to justice. I, I just met uh, a Tatiana or Tay Jefferson's sisters, Amber and Ashley, uh, when I was in Grand Prairie, Texas, two weeks ago. Uh, it would, had been less than a week since she had been shot. You know, For those who are listening and, and aren't aware of the story, in her own home mm-hmm. with her eight-year-old nephew, harming, threatening, doing nothing to nobody, um, shot by a white police officer who was on her property through her bedroom window. Uh, not more than a few dozen miles from where Botham Jean, a black man the year before, had been shot by Amber Geiger, a white police officer, in his own home, mm-hmm. and not doing anything to, to anyone. And, and what Amber and Ashley said that really got to me is she said, I, they said, I don't feel safe anywhere. Um, not out on the street, not in a friend's home, not at a club, not in a restaurant, not even in my own home. That, that's where we are in America today. And if there's not accountability to, to your question about what should happen to that police officer, if there are not consequences, if there is not justice, then we have sent the message that this is okay. And, and well, it been will... that message to black people a long time ago. It will continue. Like, like, what does justice look like? Like, I mean, you said it will continue, but it's been continuing. This is decades. What is justice? What does that it, look it like? It means that if the district attorney is unwilling to take action, then we make this a federal civil rights priority and we bring the full weight and resources 
of the Department of Justice and the Attorney General to bear on these cases. It, it is every single part of American life today, education, health care, the economy, and yes, the criminal justice system that has these um, shootings of unarmed black men and black women, but also has almost two and a half million people behind bars right now, so how largest do you train- prison population on the planet, disproportionately comprised of people of color. So how do you train white people not to be afraid of black people? That's essentially what it is. Yeah. I think part of it has to be in telling the, the full story of this country, uh, of how we got to this place. How did we get to two and a half million people behind bars, disproportionately comprised of people of color? How, how do we get to that situation I just described in that can, kindergarten classroom? You got to tell the true story. And the true story is that the white man has been inherently violent in America. Absolutely. <laughs> That's the truth, not us. The, the, the foundation of this country is an extraordinarily brutal one. Um, I, I think of Nicole Hannah-Jones, the 1619 Project, the case that, that she great. makes that that has persuaded me that, that you mark the foundation of America not on the 4th of July, 1776, but the 20th of August, 1619, the first time someone was kidnapped from West Africa, brought here against their will, made to build the wealth, the success, the greatness of America, which neither they nor their descendants alive today are able to fully participate in. And we know that from any way we can cut it or measure it 10 times the wealth in white America than there is in black America. And it's not accidental, it's by design. I just had a chance to go to the Legacy Museum in Montgomery, Alabama. Uh, at the end of the Legacy Museum, you, you pass by um, a, a display of the 13th Amendment, which ostensibly, and I always understood from the history books and frankly as a white guy, that that was one of our proudest achievements. That, that ended slavery in America. But it also allowed slavery by another name because there's an exception in Matthew the 13th Amendment that allows for mass incarceration and, and frankly directs that against communities of color. And so to, to, to answer your question or to begin to answer your question, everyone in this country needs to know that story. This didn't happen by, by accident. This is not a recent development. This goes back 400 years and will continue going forward indefinitely until we all understand what is happening. And, and for my understanding, that is the very beginning of, of reparations. And when I listened to, to Sheila Jackson Lee, member of Congress from Houston, not too far from Fort Bend, or, or Brian Stevenson, who's been so powerful and eloquent on this issue, bringing every American onto the same page of history is fundamental uh, precondition to actually making any change. He reminded me that in Germany, post-Holocaust, uh, everyday Germans were made to go to the concentration camps, to the gas chambers, so they could never deny what had happened in their name. In America... Nothing even close. Never made to have that conversation until we do. I agree with you. Nothing's going to change. But how do we change. change that narrative? How do we make sure that we have the same education? We have the same health care. We can get loans. We can be entrepreneurs. We can, you know, build our own communities. I don't want to skim past the reparations thing. Because are you pandering? Because you didn't get on the reparations train until, like, your campaign didn't start the way you wanted it to. This is something that I've been talking about from the very beginning of uh, you know my travels uh, across Texas, listening to people, not understanding again because uh, of who I am and who my kids are. So you are. just learned, basically. yeah. But by okay, listening okay. to people, I mean that that. Uh, I was about to say that spill, that whole spill just fell. But, but it, it's, it's, it's the, the advocacy for it is, from you has been kind of new. 
That's why I say. That's why I asked, is it pandering? Yeah, but no, it seems it, like you got the, you got new information. No, it's it's a function of, of listening to people. Being in in Orange, Texas, in in the east part of of the state last year, and someone says, "What are you going to do about the the Confederate memorial?" And you don't get this question in different places in Texas because there are Confederate memorials everywhere in almost every county in front of almost every single county courthouse. It's it's the place of pride that you look up to. And I, I said to the person who asked me the question, well, I think we should tear it down. And they said, no, no, no. The Confederate memorial that is going up right now that we're building in, in Orange, Texas. I didn't know that. Wouldn't have known that if I had not been there. Didn't know about the disparity in discipline in kindergarten classrooms until I met the mothers and fathers of kids who had experienced that. And now I know when you see that video of that six-year-old girl who's arrested and cuffed for throwing a tantrum in an elementary school classroom, mm-hmm. that's not the exception. That, that in fact, turns out to be the rule in, in much of America. So um, I, I want to acknowledge the truth of, of your question or, or your criticism. You're, you're right. A- as a white guy, um, I, I have not experienced or lived or, or known this and, and wouldn't have until I listened to and went to folks who had experienced this in their lives and shared their stories with me, which were compelling enough for me to make this uh, a leading issue, not just in my campaign, but I, but I hope in my life. I, I want to see this country fulfill its promise. We are nowhere close now. And in fact, thanks to this president, we're going in the opposite direction right now. Hate crimes on the rise every single one of the last three years. If you do not look like, love like, Pray like the majority in this country. Watch out uh, because he has invited out into the open a racism that was long part of this country, systemic, endemic, foundational, uh, a hatred that is on the loose. So those conversations is the reason why you're, you're thinking more about reparations. Is, is that what you basically said? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think in, until and, and I can just use my experience as the example in, until you understand or begin to understand where this country is, Mm -hmm. how it got this way. But I think all of that becomes more possible when you have a conscious conversation about reparations in this country. And Sheila Jackson Lee's bill, I think, is one of the best ways to start that conversation. It's not the be-all, end-all. Is y'all 40? What are you talking about? Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right, we got more with Beto O'Rourke. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Beto O'Rourke. Charlemagne? We were talking about HR 40, but don't you think HR 40 is the easy way out? Because, like, every candidate is talking about HR 40 instead of, like, really advocating for, like, a solid plan of reparations, like, like a solid plan for black people. Like, Mayor Pete has a solid plan, a solid black agenda. I know you don't like Mayor Pete, but... Oh, I, I like him. Yeah. <laughs> it just seems like y'all got a little rivalry going into the base. Like, he comes at you real hard. Yeah. But you don't think HR 40 is the easy way out? It's easy to say, yeah, I support HR 40. As opposed to having a real plan, a real black agenda. To be clear, HR 40 is not the answer. I think it's it's an important step in the right direction. Some of the other things that we've talked about, um, addressing disparity in educational funding, but also going beyond just equality and looking at equity. So... Our plan also calls for more teachers in those classrooms who look like the students in front of them. We're going to invest in teacher training academies at minority-serving institutions and historically black colleges and universities so that we have a greater, stronger pipeline of teachers coming into those schools and then end that pipeline out of those schools that's leading to jails and to prisons right now. 
we're talking about addressing the disparity in lending by doubling the size of community development financing institutions to get more small business loans out into uh, the community. I mentioned how we address disparities in healthcare and a new Voting Rights Act so that what happened in Georgia, what has been happening in Texas, what you just saw in Florida can never happen again in this country. We're, we're violating both the spirit and now the letter of the law when it comes to equal access to the ballot box. So yes, uh, th- there's a plan in every single one of those areas, but I do think, um, and, and, and H.R. 40 is not easy or we would have gotten there by now, I do think having that conversation is so important and ensuring that everyone's voices are reflected in that conversation. Everyone has a chance to talk about and answer the question you just posed. What what would this look like monetarily? What would this look like in the different actions in the different policy areas? I don't know that you want any one person to decide that. I think the country needs to be brought in to that conversation. H.R. 40 helps us to have that conversation. Does Beto O'Rourke have a consistent cam- campaign message? Because it seems like you're all over the place. Like it's reparations, it's you know, gun violence. Like when people think Beto O'Rourke, do they know what his message is? I'm unafraid to take on any power, any interest, any status quo that prevents us from realizing our potential. So on guns, you were never supposed to talk about a mandatory buyback of AR-15s or AK-47s. That was just the third rail. But after El Paso, after Dayton, after so many of these shootings, we said, we don't care. We're going to talk about what is important, what we know to be true, regardless of the political consequences. Talking about legalizing marijuana, not in 2019, but in 2009, writing a book about it, you weren't supposed to do that. That that was another third rail in politics. But we understood its connection to mass incarceration. We understood its connection to Ciudad Juarez, our sister city in Mexico, being literally the deadliest city on planet Earth because kids were willing to kill or die for the privilege of bringing that drug across into this country. Um, Addressing issues of marriage equality, again, a decade ago, because we're unafraid. Running for Senate in in Texas, running for president now, talking about the issues that matter most to people, regardless of how popular they are or how well they poll, because we know this is going to be a defining moment of truth. So so being afraid in the face of all that is consistent. Bringing people in who've never been part of the conversation is consistent. So being unafraid and being unafraid to bring everyone in on any issue, not just one, but all of the issues, I think that's consistent. So you don't have a consistent campaign message per se, but you are consistent. I I feel like I am consistent. People know you as the guy who just says all the time. Yeah. Well, I can do that. Um, I I, I can do that. And I'm going to say that when it is the most honest thing to say. So (laughs) when uh, after the El Paso shooting, inspired by Donald Trump, You know, a reporter sticks a microphone in my face and says, do you think that uh, Donald Trump is racism or that Donald Trump has anything to do with this? It's absolutely the appropriate thing to say, what the fuck? How can you be asking me this question? A a guy who described Mexican immigrants as rapists and criminals, who who said to four women of color, duly elected by their constituents, they should go back to their home country or calls Klansmen very fine people. Yeah, what the fuck? You don't get to ask that question as a member of press. That that issue has already but been settled. But you know settled. why the press asked that? The press asked that because even when y'all respond, you still ask questions. Like you're saying, well, the guy said Mexican is this, and the guy said that. Why not just say, fuck yeah, he's a racist? Oh, I've said yes from from oh, okay. the outset. Yeah. Um, but I've said yes so long, and, and for, you know, someone who knows better to ask that as an open-ended question 
invites confusion on the part of the public. They may say, you know what? People oh. tell me, like Beto O'Rourke has been saying Donald Trump is a white supremacist, is is a racist, is part of the problem in this country. And yet I see members of the media asking this as though this is an undecided question. Uh, may, maybe I'm missing something. Um, yeah, so I, I think we have to see this clearly, speak honestly, and, and act decisively. I think that's what the country needs at this moment. Well, he has to go, Charlamagne. He gotta go. Yeah, he has to go. The f- <laughs> what the f- now? Yeah. You just answer this one question about the Democratic Party. Yeah. So young and diverse. You named I mean, yourself and Stacey Abrams and Andrew Gillum. But the three leading candidates are three white 70-year-olds. Like, what should we make of that? And how does that impact, like, younger candidates like yourself? I think it's a reflection of where power has always been mm-hmm. in this country. Um, but I also think it is a reflection of where we are in the race. Um, we're 100 days out from when... Uh, the first decisions are going to be made on caucus night in Iowa. A, a ton of time. And, and we all know from mm-hmm. the history of these presidential campaigns, very often there were people polling in the single digits right. in October of the year before, uh, 100 days out, who then rose to take the, the top of, of the field. Others who were polling well ahead of everyone else who, who dropped behind. So the, the polls are changing. You believe Joe Biden when he says that he didn't want Obama to endorse him? No. <laughs> no. Uh, for, for as much as he invokes the, the president's name, I think that's a big part of the case that, that he's making. Um, but I, I think... You know, that's, all, like, that's like when a girl asks... You ask a girl to go out, and she was like, I'm not going out. And she was like, I didn't want to go with you anyway. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah. No, I think, I think we all revere President Obama, all know that he set the standard. Mm-hmm. Um, not, not for our party, but, but for this country. Um, and... Um, and, and I think everyone in America is thinking about that, about how much we miss him. And that's certainly part of the decision-making process for, for people. How do we get back to some level uh, of sanity? Um, how do we get back to something far better than we have DCC. right now? But also, how do we go forward in a way that addresses some of these underlying fundamental challenges we've all talked about today that were still there at the end of the Obama presidency? Um, I think that's the question also that's on people's minds right now. I know you got to go. My last question, Vanity Fair said you were born for this. Um, but now that you've seen yourself sinking in the polls, do you still feel like you're born for this? No, no, no one is is born for this. Um, no one is entitled to this. Uh, everyone must earn the support, the votes, the commitments to caucus of the people out there. And the only way I know how to do that is to show up and be there where people are and include them in the conversation. Do you think you should have listened to some of the people in Texas who wanted you to focus on running for the Senate again as opposed to running for president? You think you should have listened? No. Um, if I am the nominee, we can win Texas. That's 38 electoral college votes. More, more than any other state, that puts Donald Trump away once and, and forever. So I think I can do the most good in the position that I'm pursuing. And look, I, I want to be president. I want to I be the president this country needs. I, I want to make sure that we come together, we bring people in, and that we meet the greatest set of challenges that we've ever faced and, and fully live up to this country's promise. How long was Beto here? What's the time? Uh, 40 minutes. Just want the record to show Mayor Pete's been here twice. He gave us way more time. Just want to throw that out oh there. No goodness. pressure on you. Just want to throw that out there. Just want to throw that out there. Well, we appreciate I you appreciate you us. having me on. A right. huge honor to be with you. Thank I'm you for grateful coming. for the opportunity. That's right. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Beto O'Rourke. Did I say it right? You said it perfectly. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> Thank you. All right. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Hello. Hey, you, I mean, hey, stupid. Hey, hey. What? I'm sorry. I was about to say, hey, you Dick Tracy. Why did you dump me, Drum? I know what I'm doing here. 
Hey, you dick Tracy. You didn't say you the can't talk. You didn't give me a chance. Hey, you dick Tracy. You can't talk with the mask on. Okay, we're doing radio. Good morning, everybody. Who are you for Halloween? Dick Tracy? <laughs> I'm dick Super Van Mario. Dyke? Huh? I'm Super Mario. Oh, I'm okay. Mario. Listen Mario. here. No. <laughs> Listen here, Richard. <laughs> you can't do that. How your knees over there? My knees are good. You saw me pop lock and I drop see it. You pop lock. Come on now. All right. Well, let's get to. I, the... Don't think because I'm 41, I still can't pop lock and drop it in this spandex now. All right. Well, let's get to the rumors, man. Let's talk Angie Martinez. It's about time. What's going on? Yo. Yo. Rumor report. Rumor report. This is the rumor report. Talk to him. With Angela Yee on the Breakfast Club. Well, as you know, Angie Martinez has her WeTV series, Untold Stories of Hip Hop. Great show. And she's had some amazing interviews on thus far. And tonight, she's back on again, and Ice-T is on, and we're going to learn some things about him during their very candid conversation that we didn't know before, like the fact that he robbed banks and jewelry stores. You were a bank robber? Fact. But that's not all I robbed. We robbed mostly jewelry stores. Oh. And we started off not being armed. How do you rob a bank without being armed? You don't rob a bank, but you rob jewelry stores without How? being armed. How? Just walk in with some sledgehammers. Sledgehammers. <laughs> Just walk in. Hey, hey, everybody, everybody, please back away from the case. This is about to be a bad. Please don't do this at home. I wouldn't advise it because it's easy for somebody to get killed and shot, and then that murder will follow you forever. Yeah, I don't advise it either. <laughs> you know the illest thing about Ice T, he still got like that 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 gangster aura about him. Like he still got that real street aura about him. Like you could tell he was really, really in the trenches back in the day. Hell yeah. Because it will not it, it's not off him. I saw him last week actually. Yep. You know, it's interesting. I was thinking about how he said he would rob jewelry stores and how you don't need a gun for that. And I just I told you I read the Diamond Doris book, the true story of Doris Payne, and she was a notorious jewelry thief. And she details a lot of what she was doing. It's a great read, and they make it into a movie. And there's a documentary also. But it is interesting because you definitely don't need to do that to rob a jewelry store. Right. Just how she well, well Ice-T got distract. that kind of voice too, though. Ice-T got that robbery kind of voice. If Ice-T tell you to put it in the bag, you're going to put it in the bag. Put it in the bag. Well, yeah, Diamond Doris do. wasn't even, she wasn't even doing that. She they was should, just sliding off with it. They should go in the sewer. Like, that's where I go. Like, Mario. Mario, we go in the sewer when we steal stuff. What are you talking about? It's, it's, Mario. It's the mushrooms. The mushrooms. <laughs> clearly, clearly All it's right. the mushrooms. And uh, let's talk about Nicki Minaj. She has gotten her wedding ring. That wedding ring, according to the jeweler, was $1.1 million. Raffaello and Co. said that he commissioned them to make their wedding rings, and he worked with them for uh, several months. Her ring has a 17-carat center with VVS2 Clarity Diamonds. Woo, okay. That's dope. Edited. Drop on the clues bombs from Nicki Minaj. Congrats to them. And for her husband, Kenneth Petty, his ring has the words Ken and Barbie on the inside of it. I'm not going to front. I got to step my wedding ring game up, bro. Mm. I just got like a plain gold band, but I really want like a really fly, dope-ass wedding ring. Mm. I think that's the next level of, uh, you know, just... Just what? Faithfulness. There you go. You see mine? Yeah, you know, yours ring? is fresh. Yours is very fresh. Mm -hmm. You and Offset got a very fresh wedding ring. Mm -hmm. You have a tattoo too, Envy? Yeah, I have a tattoo on my... Wedding ring. Also, okay. Oh, does Gia, does you got a tattoo on your wedding ring. Not on my wedding ring. We're under my wedding, wedding ring, I should it's, say. It's, called, it's called your finger, you dumbass. Jesus Christ, My man. finger. <laughs> it took him forever to realize what to call his finger? Yeah. <laughs> this guy. You, you know what I meant. Drop one of the clues bombs from Hampton Mario University, doesn't man. have fingers. Mario, Mario. Mario only has four fingers. <laughs> All right. Um, Angela Yee, and that's your rumor report. This guy is a Which, one, which one is my ring finger? 
the, the one, one with the, the ring the, on the it? The second one. That no, one. That's, that's your middle finger. finger. Your ring finger is that's on your, that finger, bro. That's the point your finger. Your ring finger man, is the point finger. I got man. four fingers. All right, man. Which one you going to use on drum? Did you snort? Did you just snort, yo? What is wrong with you? Oh, my goodness. All right, little Mario go down in those little dark tunnels, boy. It's dark down there. It's you and some Cooper Troopers. <laughs> Who are you giving your doggy to, man? You know, man, uh, it's Halloween, and it's some sex offenders in Georgia that are really, really ruining the Halloween spirit. We'll talk about it for after the hour. All right, we'll get into that next. Don't go it's move anywhere. It's the Breakfast Club. Mario. This don't be a donkey, because right now you want some real donkey. It's time for donkey of the day. So if you ever feel I need to be a donkey, man, hit me with the heat. Did she get donkey today? Please tell me. Absolutely. I have become donkey of the day. At the Breakfast Club, bitches. You're donkey. Yes, donkey of the day. For Thursday, October 31st, Halloween. It goes to three registered sex offenders in Butts County, Georgia. Where's that? Uh, Butts County, Georgia. I don't know where Butts County is sure in Georgia. But if it's in Atlanta... And God has a great sense of humor. <laughs> I heard you in uh, flipping New Jersey down there looking for uh, houses and butts. <laughs> Envy? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> now, the three registered sex offenders go by the names of Christopher Reed, Reginald Holden, and Corey McClendon. And these three registered sex offenders sued Butts County Sheriff Gary Long because Sheriff Gary Long wants to put no trick-or-treating signs at these sex offenders' homes. I can't make this kind of stuff up. Let's go to WKRC Local 12 News for the report, please. Three registered sex offenders are suing to stop the Butts County Sheriff's Office from putting up this sign in their yards, which warned trick-or-treaters to stay away. We went by the homes of each of the plaintiffs. Whomever was inside Glory McClendon's house wouldn't come to the door. No one seemed to be home at Reginald Holden's house. And when we stopped by Christopher Reed's, his dad asked us to protect his identity, and he didn't hold back. Who are they to come and put signs on my property? The lawsuit alleges the signs violates the offender's free speech, and deputies are going on private property without permission to put them up. I think it's wrong. I think it's humiliating. Reed's father says it's also unfair to him. He's just trying to give his son a place to live. Why does he still live with his dad? <laughs> Bro, that is so... <laughs> Mm -mm. You can't. Oh, my God. Now, on Tuesday, a federal judge named Mark T. Treadwell uh, actually sided with the sex offenders and said that the sheriff's plan to post no trick-or-treating signs at sex offenders' homes was unconstitutional. Uh, the judge said the three men who sued are, by all accounts, rehabilitated, rehabilitated and living law-abiding lives. He also wrote, yet their sheriff finds it necessary to post signs in front of their homes, announcing to the public that their homes are dangerous for children. The judge continues, the sheriff's decision is not based on any determination that the plaintiffs are dangerous, nor is the sheriff's sign posting founding founded on Georgia's law. The sheriff's plan to place the signs run afoul of the First Amendment because it compels the men to display the message even though they disagree with it. Now look, I'm all about rehabilitation. I'm all about evolution. I think we should have redemption culture. If a judge looks looks at these men and he thinks they have rehabilitated themselves and they are now law-abiding citizens, who am I to say otherwise? But the reason I have to give these three registered sex offenders donkey of the day is simple. Registered, registered sex offenders don't want this sign in their yard that says stop warning 
Stop, no trick-or-treat at this address. A community message from Butts County Sheriff Gary Long. Can you see this? Is it up on Revolt? Okay, it's up on Revolt as well. They don't want this sign in this yard, their yard. But have you seen the signs that actual sex offenders have in their yards? Okay, one says... Is that going up on Revolt, too? Good. One says, notice, sex offender restricted zone. If you're watching on Revolt TV, you can see it. Another says, public notice, John Goodman is a convicted sexual predator and lives at this location. Look at that sign. Another says, it's right there. Another says, child sex offender in big, bold letters with the person's name right under it and arrows pointing at the house. Guys, those signs are worse than this one, the no trick-or-treating at this address sign. Okay, do you realize that a sign in your yard that says you are a registered sex offender is a no trick-or-treating sign? Okay, I'm not taking my kids to a house that has a registered sex offender sign in it. Would you and me? Not at all. Come on, man. That's a haunted house. (laughs) <laughs> All right? <laughs> there is no Halloween decoration scarier than a sex offender sign in somebody's yard. So I understand y'all being offended by the no trick-or-treating at this address sign in your yard. But, guys, come on. Okay? I'm not sure if it's once a sex offender, always a sex offender. Because if that if it is, that means you still have signs in your yard. But if it's not, trust me. You all have had worse signs in your yard, okay? If I had to take a sex offender sign versus a no trick-or-treat at this address sign, I'm taking no trick-or-treat at this address for 400 Alex. Please give these three sex offenders, Christopher Reed, Reginald Holden, and Gary McClendon, the biggest hee-haw. Come on, man. Come on, man. You're a registered sex offender, guys. This sign is nothing. This is nothing. Warning, no trick-or-treat, opposed to John Goodman is a sexual predator and he lives here? Come on, man. All right. Stop it. I'm going to thank you for that donkey today. Now, when we come back, ask ye. 800-585-1051 if you need relationship advice or any type of advice. Call ye now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Come on, Relationship advice? Need personal advice? Just need real advice. Call up now for Ask Ye. Keep it real. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. It's time for Ask Ye. Hello, who's this? Uh, Tay. Hey, Tay, what's your question for Ye? Uh, my question is, um, probably a couple of days ago, my, um, my middle daughter came home, and she said that her... Uh, her dad's girlfriend had popped her. And I don't know the girl. I've never seen her, never looked at her. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know anything about her. Well, uh, me and her dad got into basically a big argument. And I asked him, um, I told him in order for him to see my kids again, I would like to actually sit down and have basically like a little meet and greet with the girl. Right. And he basically told me that there wouldn't be a sit down and he just wouldn't see his kids because he didn't want me to sit down and meet his girlfriend. That is ridiculous. And I think what you're asking for is very fair. Right. And then he said, he was like, well, I've never met anyone that you dated. But the thing about it is he's never asked. Because anybody that I've, anybody that I've dated, they're very aware that I have children. Of course, I have to deal with my kid's father. So there's never been any, like, beef or anything towards anybody um, from my end. But he told me that he didn't agree with me meeting her, so and she wasn't going anywhere, so he just wouldn't see his kids. 
I think that's ridiculous that that's the ultimatum he's giving you. It sounds like he's trying to do a tit for tat. Now, when you said you wanted to meet her, you weren't trying to meet her like, I want to meet her, com- confront her. It was more like, no, a, I don't need no, to know no, who my no, daughter's no. around. Right. Well, see, the thing is, like I said, I've never seen her before, never met her, never. I don't If the girl was to walk up to me right now, I wouldn't know who she was because I've right. never seen her or anything. And I didn't initially have a problem with her. I actually don't have a problem with her now. But my issue is my four-year-old daughter came home saying that she popped my two-year-old, which I under, if she did, I understand why, because he just had, they, mm. they just had a baby. Together. And my four-year-old said that she popped her because my two-year-old pinched the baby, which babies do things, but she's two. And so for me, it's like, I don't know her. I've never seen her before. His mom called me and she was like, oh, well, she's not that type of person. She wouldn't do this. She wouldn't do that. And that's fine. But if my child is going to be around her and we got people popping people, I feel as though I need to meet her. Like, we need to have a sit down. Like, I need to know exactly who's around my child. And I agree with you on that. It's just maybe in the approach. You know what's interesting? Mashonda has this book out, right, where she talks about her blended family with her and Swizz and Alicia and how she had to get to the point where, obviously, they had to have a sit down. And things like that you have to explain to him are good for the children as well. You know, because sometimes your kids might feel like they have to choose a side. They might not like somebody because they don't think that you're comfortable with it. So if he says she's not going anywhere and they have a child together, too, it is important for you guys to meet and not in an aggressive way. It has to be maybe y'all go out to a dinner together or something and sit down because it has to be handled in a mature, a mature way and that's more for the kids than anything else you want your kids to feel comfortable to see look at mommy and daddy you know they can be civil towards each other mom is okay with this other woman and that way you keep the lines of communication open but maybe it's the reason why you now want to meet her is because uh, you've heard how she popped your two-year-old. And so he might be a little bit concerned that it's going to be argumentative. Honestly, I don't even think it's that. Um, I think the fact that he hasn't reached a mature point. Like, because any conversation that we have, it usually goes left regardless of whether it's something concerning this or, you know. So your relationship isn't that good with him. Right, right. Okay, yeah, and but it's just about the kids, and he's got to put his feelings to the side, and you got to explain to him, we need to do what's best for our children, whether or not we get along, and we actually do need to try to get along better for the sake of our kids, not that we have to be best friends, but we have to co-parent, and part of that is being right. more mature, and maybe that's you making that first step since you say you guys always end up getting into an argument, you know, to figure out what are productive ways that we can communicate with each other so that it doesn't have to be that way. And if that means that we're not talking on the phone, but we're sending messages and we're using language that's not attacking each other and blaming each other for things, but expressing how we feel, you know, I think that can be helpful, too. Right. And that's you taking responsibility in your part as far as being argumentative as well. Well, you know, and like I, I also talked to his mom, and she was like, well, I, I agree with you that, I mean, that needs to happen. And like I said, it's not even me always trying to be argumentative with him. It's just I just want to do what's best for right. the kids. And not that it's just you. I'm sure it's both of you. You know what I'm saying? So, and if, it seems like the mom is very fair and biased, and maybe she can help mediate the situation. Right. Is that a possibility? Um, I, I kind of, but then in a way, I feel like his mom is actually scared of him. Mm-hmm. So it's a win-lose battle. Yeah, I mean, listen, at the end of the day, you guys have to figure it out. And maybe emotions are high right now because you guys haven't gotten to the point where, you know, you have a two-year-old. That's not that long ago. 
So maybe you guys aren't right. at the point where you've gotten over certain things in your relationship and how you can communicate with each other. And that seems like that's the main issue, how you guys communicate with each other. Yeah. So for the sake of the kids, it might mean that you guys, uh, I know they have places where you can go as far as co-parenting for you all to figure out how you can do that. And if that's something you need to do where you have to be, you know, just go to court and figure that out or maybe get it like something court mandated because you, you do care and you want to make sure that this gets resolved and it is for the best. Right. So I think that's where you have to start with your guys' relationship. Not with your relationship with this other woman who eventually you will have to meet, but your relationship with him. Okay. Okay. Thank you. All right. You're welcome, Tay. I know that's difficult. All right. Ask Can me. you imagine somebody else being around your kids and popping your um, two-year-old? No. <laughs> no, not at all. Exactly. Ask ye 800-585-1051. If you need advice, caller now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Another one. Here's some real advice with Angela Yee. It's Ask Yee. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're in the middle of Ask Yee. Hello, who's this? Stephanie. Hey, what's your question for Yee? Um, well, me and my man, we have an issue like seeing eye to eye. So I was wondering, like, what can we do to see eye to eye on different things that we have different understandings of? He said, yeah, promising eye to eye. Yes. Give me yeah. give me some examples. Like yesterday, um, his um, his sister's friend was giving my our kid a bed, but he went to her house by himself, and I just didn't understand why. You know, she didn't call me about the bed and called him. Like we have basically we have trust issues, so it's different things that we don't see eye to eye on. So like it's his sister's friend. Though. It's his sister's friend. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you think his sister's friend should have called you? I think that his sister should have gave her my number instead of giving it to him. But that's his sister. Uh, okay. So the real issue isn't that. The real issue is you don't trust him. That's what he says. <laughs> I mean, that is what it is. Because if you trusted him, you wouldn't even think anything of it. He's just going to pick up a bed. Well, it's not him is that I don't trust her. Like, I don't, I don't trust the situation. Why? What is it about this girl that you don't trust? If, because if you trust your man, none of that should matter. I don't know her like that, but I guess you're right. Yeah. I mean, that's the root of the problem. And why don't you trust him? Well, he has, he has cheated before. Um, there you go. Plenty of times. Plenty so, of times. And you don't think he's going to stop because you stayed. Right. That's, and when yeah, you stayed... You stayed, you agreed to move on and and kind of deal with that, right? Has he been proving otherwise to you? Yes, recently he has. He has. So I guess I should pull back and, and just let him prove himself that he's there for his family. But one thing I will say is whenever you're uncomfortable with something, there's nothing wrong with expressing yourself. And if you were uncomfortable with that situation, I wouldn't blame his sister. I wouldn't blame. I would tell him, listen, we do have a history of you having done things to me in the past. And if you're going to be going to some girl's house, I would have liked to know. And you should have told me and I should have come with you. And I think that's a fair thing to say. It doesn't have to be an attack. Maybe he really meant no harm, but he does have a history of doing things. So you have to let him know that these are the rules for now. Yeah, and he definitely let me know. It's just that I, I would have liked to go on, go with him um, instead of him going by himself, just just for my comfort. But at the okay. same time, I guess. And, 
Yeah, trust. and uh, you should definitely express that to him, but it does seem like it's more about you not trusting him than anything else. So, you know, when things like that happen, just give him notification so it doesn't happen again that way. You're right. Thank you. Okay, good luck. All, All right. right good luck, it's so hard. It's so hard to build that trust back up, man. Absolutely. Every time you leave the house, you're like, oh, so you left the house to go see that bitch. Ask Yee, 800-585-1051. Now you got rumors on the way? Yes, a new song, What If I Was Gay. We'll tell you some information on who these I are. I love it already. Drop on a clues bomb for it. Haven't even heard it. We haven't even heard it yet. <laughs> All right, we'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. There you go. What's in that agenda again? The Breakfast Club. This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. Yes, so Eminem and Joyner Lucas, you know, they did that Lucky You song previously, and they've, uh, it seems like they've both been pretty cool with each other. Well, Eminem is going to be on Joyner Lucas's new ADHD album, and there's been not a lot of details on what's happening with this album, but there's a snippet of a song called What If I Was Gay that has leaked online. There's a 13-second teaser that is now circulating, and here's what it sounds like. What if I told you I'm out of place? Wait. What if I told you that I was gay? What if I'm a hypocrite who's afraid to just face truth? Wait. What if I told you I'm gay too? I got to hear the whole song because I need more context. What you mean? I need more context. I need to know exactly what he's talking about. Like, I need to know why he decided to write that song. Because if he's not gay, what's the angle? He said it was gay. You know what I'm so saying? Right. Like, I just want to well, know what the angle is. What if? What if? I and, guess it's a- do you remember when Eminem had that song, Holly's Gone Crazy? And he said uh, on the song this whole time, I've been lying my, my ass off. Me and Dre been out the closet uh, having sex with hats off. And then Dre's ad lib is, suck it, Marshall. I'm out the closet. I've been lying my ass off all this time. Me and Dre been fucking with hats off. What? That's all you remember? I do remember that song. <laughs> Okay, yeah, I remember that song as well. <laughs> All right, now, John Witherspoon, we told you that he unfortunately passed away. It turns out that the cause of death was cardiac arrest. And they said they do have dispatch audio where the dispatcher requests re- rescue for an unconscious man. And they did try to give him CPR, but unfortunately, he did pass away. So, again, rest in peace and our condolences to his family. He was so well-loved, as you can see by everybody that had uh, posted their own comments about him. All right, now, Lisa Ray was on the Wendy Williams show, and what was she talking about? Well, she was talking about the reason why she introduced Dwayne Martin to her husband at the time, Michael Mizek, who was uh, the prime minister of Turks and Caicos. When you introduce your friend to your husband, I did that for business, for association, for relationship. And when it went sour and I had a sidebar with Dwayne and said, hey, you know, what are you doing and why are you doing it? And I don't... He became better friends with your husband than you were. He started, you know, being in places that he shouldn't have been. But let me be clear. I never said that Dwayne broke my marriage up. I said that he uh, was a friend of mine and that he shouldn't have been in places that he was in with my now ex-husband. Now, she also goes on to say that her and Dwayne Martin clearly are no longer friends. And here's how you know you're not friends with somebody. When you tell a person that you're no longer my friend, Mm -hmm. if I see you, you don't have to ever speak to me again. Okay. If you were on fire, I wouldn't spit on you. If I said these things to you, that means I no longer give a damn about you. As far as relationship status right now, Lisa Ray says she's still single, but guess who isn't single? What's up with your love life? Not a thing. Really? (laughs) So you're totally eligible? Look like you. 
Oh, no, 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 no. I am getting a divorce, but I am... I've got mine, and so... I, I'm very you claimed. Yours. I'm you are claimed I'm, I'm very claimed. All right, so there you have it. That's the whole rundown. I actually watched uh, Lisa Ray's Uncensored on TV One as well, so it was pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Her, um, her mom was on there. Her mom looks amazing, and she talks just about meeting Michael Mizick and how she became the first lady and all of that. Things did end up going downhill. All right, now Diddy says he's in semi-retirement mode. He did a Rolling Stone cover story. It's Diddy and DJ Khaled. They're talking about their career trajectories. He said, if you don't see my name on all the top 10 records, that means I'm not making music. I'm bringing, making the band back in 2020. I'm contemplating, is there a role for me in music now? I just know that for me, I would be only be able to sign legends. To be honest, my decisions will be made through God. I'm at another frequency and level of music. It would have to be something that God fully put in my heart, like when I heard Biggie or I heard Mary J. Blige. Interesting. Does music mm-hmm. miss Puff Daddy? Does hip hop miss Sean Combs musically? I would say no. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, but Diddy, I mean, Diddy is a staple in our culture. He is. But I think that he's just he's just bigger than music. I'm trying to think, did I ever really look to Diddy for music at all, though? You, I never look looked for, to Diddy you, for music. You, you look for his label. Yeah, yeah, I look for his artists. Yeah. His collaborations. Yeah. That stamp, you know what I mean? Right. He put that stamp on Biggie, that stamp on Mary J. Blige, mm-hmm. that stamp on Jodeci, that stamp on Mace, that stamp on 112. It was, that, it was that stamp, the locks. Yes. But I don't Dirty look, money. Yeah, dirty, no. <laughs> but I don't look for, yeah, no. Not dirty money. I don't look, I don't look for, I'm not looking for, for Diddy musically, though. All right, and Kodak Black reportedly got into a fight in prison, and that prison guard was reportedly sent to the hospital. So they said things got a little violent Tuesday night. He was involved in that fight, and we don't know exactly what happened, but we knew we know that the brawl took place at Miami's Federal Detention Center, and the fight reportedly started between two inmates, but it's unknown if he was one of those two men or if he ended up getting involved once the fight already started happening. So, yes, the guard was sent to the hospital. All right, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report. Yo, all, all jokes aside, we really need to have a Diddy conversation because mean? I'm trying to see where Diddy's place is musically. Because I would say that Diddy's got to be like top two ad libbers of all time, right? Yeah, well, you know, was. you think about him on records like "Hate Me Now," yeah. and I loved him on the Nipsey Hustle Young. It was, you know what I'm saying? So it's something Diddy brings to music, right? Correct. I just don't know what it is. But just not recording anymore for himself, or I mean, when's the last time Diddy had an artist? When I think he had artists. Machine Gun Kelly was his last artist. And what's the what's the what's oh, the? Oh, you could say French Montana. What's the quintessential Diddy record that you just gotta you gotta listen to even now? Bad Boys for Life when you rocking. No. Him and Mace been around. I'll the be world. missing you. Ain't that his song? No. Hate me now is Nas's. Maybe I need a girl part two. I need a girl. Oh, yeah. The Benjamins. The Benjamins. The Benjamins. The Benjamins. All right, Benjamin. all right. Okay, the Benjamins. Now I'm just, see, I'm just trying to get the conversation. I'm trying to see where we at. Yes, the Benjamins. The oh, Benjamins you know definitely. what song was dope? Last night. That oh, yes, was... there you go. Now that's my now, that's a dope With song. Cole. That is my record. That wasn't bigger than Benjamins, though. No, but that's my yeah, record. Yeah, but I, I like is, that song. I agree with you. That is my quintessential Diddy record, Last Night featuring Keisha Cole. I'm not going to lie. I listened to that song. I listened to that record. A lot. Okay. If you look on my playlist, title or Apple, you will see that record pop up a lot. All right. Last night. Okay, we don't need you to sing it. I didn't even get an answer. All right. Now. I tried to call. All right. When we come back, it's all about Halloween music. Let me me know your favorite Halloween joint. Hit me up right now. It's the Breakfast Club. Everybody in Butts County. Heard it's 40 miles from Atlanta. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) But that butt ain't too far if you want to travel for it. ATL. Revolt. We'll see you tomorrow. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Now, shout to uh, 
Beto Rock for joining us this morning. Beto O'Rourke. People say we was being hard on Beto. I didn't think it's we Beto. Beto, Beto. Yeah, O'Rourke. They say we was being hard on him. I didn't think we was being hard on him. Um, I didn't think so. We just yeah, asked some questions. Yeah, I didn't think so. Just questions. And shout out to everybody that's going ho- out for Halloween. Just be careful out there. Trick-or-treating uh, on the East Coast. I know the weather's disgusting and nasty. Just be careful Is there an there. age limit to when you can stop trick-or-treating, or can anybody still do it? I mean, I think you look a little weird dressed up as an adult with a costume on going to house to house asking for candy. You can't love candy that much. I think it's a it's a thing for the kids. I mean, even though in New York and New Jersey it is raining, last week we had a trick or trunk, trick or trunk, trunk or trick, whatever it is at the school. Mm-hmm. And um, the kids got to do it then, so maybe they won't miss it tonight. I don't know. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Can okay. Super uh, Mario go out and trick or treat? Uh, yes, Mario is going out trick-or-treating. I'm taking the kids out today, so we're going to be do out. Do you get candy, too? Do you go up to the door with your little bag? And- nah, there's one house that I do go to, and I do get... It's called a donut <laughs> house where they actually make donuts for all the kids that come trick-or-treating, so they make hundreds and hundreds of donuts, and the donuts are amazing homemade, so I definitely go there and go get my donut. So you sound like the you're more excited. Is, I am. Yeah. The cheat code is to just go to the mall. That's no fun. But that's just the cheat code. You know you're going to get candy real quick. No, you want to go ring doorbells. That's the fun part. I'm from Brooklyn. No. All right. Well, when we come back, positive note, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. All right. You guys have a great day, Charlemagne. Leave us on a positive note. Yeah, man. Uh, I want to tell everybody out there, there is no time stamp on trauma. There isn't a formula that you can insert yourself into to get from horror to healed. Be patient, take up space, and let your journey be the bomb. Breakfast club, bitches! Y'all finished or y'all done? Hey.